welcome to Numbers chapter 7. Before we read this chapter, I have to warn you, <laughs> this is the third longest chapter in the entire Bible. If you count chapters in the Bible by verses, this is the second, this is chapter has the second largest number of verses in the entire Bible, so it's going to be a long one. <laughs> if you're used to a 10 or 12 minute video, this is going to take 10, maybe 10 or 12 minutes just to read the chapter. So hang in there and let's get going. On the day that Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle and had anointed it and sanctified it with all its furniture and the altar with all its vessels and had anointed and sanctified them, the princes of Israel, the heads of their father's houses, offered. These were the princes of the tribes. These are they who were over those who were counted. And they brought their offering before Yahweh, six covered wagons and twelve oxen, a wagon for every two of the princes, and for each one an ox. They presented them before the tabernacle. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Accept these from them, that they may be used in doing the service of the tent of meeting. And you shall give them to the Levites, to every man according to his service." Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. He gave two wagons and four oxen to the sons of Gershon, according to their service. He gave four wagons and eight oxen to the sons of Merari, according to their service, under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the priest. But to the sons of Kohath he gave none, because the service of the sanctuary belonged to them, they carried it on their shoulders." The princes gave offerings for the dedication of the altar in the day that it was anointed. The princes gave their offerings before the altar. Yahweh said to Moses, They shall offer their offering, each prince on his day, for the dedication of the altar. He who offered his offering the first day was Nashon, the son of Abinadab, of the tribe of Judah, and his offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering, one golden ladle of 10 shekels, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Nashon, the son of Aminadab. On the second day, Nathanael, the son of Zuar, prince of Issachar, gave his offering. He offered for his offering one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering, one golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb, a year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat, for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, a year old. This was the offering of Nathanael, the son of Zuar. On the third day, Eliab, the son of Helon, prince of the children of Zebulun, gave this offering, one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them are full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering, 
one golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old, this was the offering of Eliab, the son of Helon. On the fourth day, Elazur, the son of Shedur, prince of the children of Reuben, gave his offering. One silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering one golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Elazur, the son of Shadur. On the fifth day, Shalumiel, the son of Zurishaddai, prince of the children of Simeon, gave his offering. One silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering. One golden ladle of 10 shekels, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering. And for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Shalumiel, the son of Zerah Shaddai. On the sixth day, Elisaph, the son of Jewel, prince of the children of Gad, gave his offering. One silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering, one golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Eliasaph, the son of Jewel. On the seventh day, Elishama, the son of Amihud, prince of the children of Ephraim, gave his offering, one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with oil for a meal offering, one golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Elishama, the son of Amihud. On the eighth day, Gamaliel, the son of Pidasur, prince of the children of Manasseh, gave his offering. One silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, 
both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering. One golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Gamaliel, the son of Pedasur. On the ninth day, Abadan, the son of Gideonai, prince of the children of Benjamin, gave his offering. One silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels. One silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering. One golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Abadan, the son of Gideoni. On the tenth day, Ahiezer, the son of Amishadai, prince of the children of Dan, gave his offering. One silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering, one golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Ahiezer, the son of Amishadai. On the eleventh day, Pagiel, the son of Okran, prince of the children of Asher, gave his offering. One silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels. One silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering. One golden ladle of 10 shekels full of incense. One young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Pagiel, the son of Okran. On the twelfth day, Ahira, the son of Enan, prince of the children of Naphtali, gave his offering. One silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a meal offering. One golden spoon of 10 shekels, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two head of cattle, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old, this was the offering of Ahira, son of Enan. This was the dedication offering of the altar, on the day when it was anointed, by the princes of Israel, twelve silver platters, twelve silver bowls, 
12 golden ladles, each silver platter weighing 130 shekels, each bowl 70, all the silver of the vessels 2,400 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and 12 golden ladles full of incense weighing 10 shekels apiece, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, all the gold of the ladles weighed 120 shekels. All the cattle for the burnt offering, 12 bulls. The rams, 12. The male lambs a year old, 12. And their meal offering. And 12 male goats for a sin offering. And all the cattle for the sacrifice of peace offerings, 24 bulls. 60 rams, 60 male goats, 60 male lambs a year old. This was the dedication offering of the altar after it was anointed. When Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with Yahweh, he heard his voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the Ark of the Testimony from between the two cherubim, and he spoke to him. So there you go, <laughs> third longest chapter in the Bible. And it's very repetitive, as you would have noticed. The 12 princes, which are basically the 12 leaders of the 12 tribes, and they each bring a gift, and every gift is the same. They're all exactly the same gift. They do it one day apart. Day one, it's the tribe of Judah. Day two, etc. all the way through to day 12, tribe of Naphtali. And so what makes a chapter long is the repetition. And um, you would think to yourself, you know, any modern reader would think, why on earth would you just repeat the same thing all those times? And then went over and over. And then when you get to the end, it adds it all up for you and says it to you a 13th time. So you've heard what the gifts are over and over and over. And so I've got some questions here for you. First, why the repetition? Um, and there's, there's some interesting points to make about it. First of all, if someone came along later and made this story up, they wouldn't have done it like this. This pattern of repetition is a very ancient way of writing. You, do, you only find this in the very, very oldest books and the oldest manuscripts. And so this idea that the Bible was put together in more recent times is, is there's many ways of disproving that idea wrong. But, but when we see this type of thing at work right here in Numbers chapter 7, it's, it's just showing us this is a very ancient book. This part of the book is very ancient because this is the way they used to think and write back then. They find it in lots of ancient stuff. And so that's an interesting point to consider. And um, it's, so it, has, it, it tells us something about the dating of the book of Numbers. But another thing that is interesting about the book of Numbers is it's written in prose. It's written in straight out language, almost like um, it's very systematic and ordered and organized. And that was a very Egyptian way of writing. When you go back into the ancient world, everything like you think of the probably the most famous thing you've ever heard of is the Iliad or um, the, you know, the Odyssey. These are ancient Greek tales. Well, they're all written in poetry. Or if you think of something Babylonian like the Epic of Gilgamesh, that's written in poetry as well. Everything is written in poetry in the ancient world and it's all figurative and, and metaphorical. But the, the Bible is written in prose. And this is because there was only one ancient culture that wrote like this was Egypt. And guess who happened to have come out of Egypt? Moses. <laughs> people, people argue that Moses couldn't have written it. 
But no, it, he was writing in the way that he knew how to write. You know, as they were going through their experiences and he was listening to God's voice and, and things were happening, he was writing it down as it happened in the way that he was trained. Moses was trained by Egyptians for 40 years. He was a prince in the court of Egypt. And so we've got even just the way the book is written is huge proof that it's, it is exactly what it says it is. So why all the repetition? Well, the first answer is because this is how they wrote in ancient times. And, um, but there's other, there's other, you could ask the question another way. You could say, well, God knew that most of the people reading this would be living now and not back then. And why did he make us read the same thing 12 times? In other words, spiritually, what's the reason for all this repetition? Well, there's a, there's a few thoughts that I have and others have had on this point. The first thought that I have is that as you read a chapter that's this long, and as you go through the repetition, you have an experience. And what I'm trying to say is that um, if you were there and you were actually in Israel at the time and you were part of those giving of those offerings, it would have been an experience. You would have taken a long amount of time to give them you would have seen each one of those 24 bulls sacrificed and each one of those 60 rams. And so it, they weren't just numbers to you. You were there in person and there was a process and you're actively involved in it. And the experience is of that is quite different to just being told, oh, they offered 60 bulls. They offered 24 bulls and they offered 60 rams. So just saying it, doesn't give you a true sense of it. But when you read it like this, even though we're still not there, we get a sense of it because it's repeated over and over and over. And you might get have become found it a bit tedious, but it gives you the impression of what a big sacrifice this was. So it's it it's giving you an experience. But the other thing that 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 I and others have thought about this was that each of the princes and what they gave is named specifically. You could say, you could just as easily have said, the leaders of the tribes brought many gifts, or you could say the children of Israel brought many things. But instead, what each person has brought has been labeled and named, and it's, it's done specifically. And each person, even though they've given the same as what another person has given, has been named. And I think what, what I and others have, have observed here is that God notices the things that we individually do for him. Now, there are plenty of other places in the Bible where it's not specific like this. For example, when they were building the tabernacle back in Exodus, it did say that people brought gold and silver and precious stones, and it doesn't name them by name. So there are places like that where the contributions of God's people are not specifically named. They're just generally named. Here they're specifically named, but the point I think that this highlights to us is that from God's perspective, he knows everything that every person does. He knows the good that each person does. God, we as people, we might look at, at situations collectively and say, oh, look what we have achieved. And in that kind of a way of thinking, individuals get lost. But in God's perspective, no individual gets lost. And... Um, I'll give you an example. My great-grandmother, we call her Super Nana, she lived until she was 105. And, um, you know, people were dying all around her in the old people's home. 
And she said to me one day when we, were, we were, went to visit her and I took my children and she said to me, why won't God take me home? He mustn't love me. <laughs> now, she knew that wasn't true. She knew that he loved her, but she just wanted to go be with Jesus, but he wasn't taking her. Her life was, was prolonged. And you might, you know, until you hear the second part of the story, you might say, well, yeah, why did God prolong her life? But the fact is she was such a faithful prayer warrior. She was in that old people's home praying for the salvation of those other old people and praying for a lot of other things faithfully day after day. She spent her time in prayer. So she was precious to the Lord. Her contribution was a great contribution and nobody in the world really knows about it except for the few people who knew who she was. But the Lord knew. And that's what I'm saying. Churches are full of people who make contributions to the Lord and many of them are not recognised. But here we've got a chapter where the Lord has specifically listed what people have done and recognised them, even though their contribution is exactly the same as a heap of other people. And, and I think what we can learn from this is that sometimes um, we, we, we may not get recognised in this world or in this life if you're the pastor, you get more recognition because you're in the pulpit every week. But, but in many cases, even if you are a pastor, there are a lot of things you do for people and for the Lord that don't get noticed. But the Lord notices. And so I think we can read a passage like this and notice how all the things that these people have done have been listed specifically and we can realise the Lord, the Lord sees, the Lord knows, and we are recognised by him. So there's two things I guess we learn. First, not to be disheartened if no one notices the good we do. One of the great tests of, in our lifetime is the test of recognition. Do we require being recognised or are we happy to just serve without needing it? That's a test of recognition. And um, hopefully you will pass the test. And secondly, passages, passages like this are a reminder that we have a part to play and it's not, it doesn't matter whether it's the same as others or different to others. Each of us needs to bring our own contribution. If any of these men didn't bring their contribution, it, the contribution itself would not have been complete. So the second lesson we've learned is that you have a contribution. Your co contribution may be something public. It may be something private. It may be something that you do in prayer. It may be something you do, well, in, in the case of all believers, it's always a, prayer, a contribution of prayer but it may be something that you do by giving a lot of money. You may be blessed with more than the average, in which case the Lord's called you to give. The Lord's called us all to give, but some are called to give more than others. The Lord may have called you to exercise faith for miracle and healings. There are, there's something that you've been required to contribute, and if you don't contribute, then the overall, the overall contribution is lacking. So Lord, we thank you for Numbers chapter 7, the third longest chapter in the Bible. And even though we're not living in those times of having to bring meal offerings and grain offerings and peace offerings, but we thank you, Lord, that we have our own offerings to bring. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us to make our contribution and to make it with a, with a good heart, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.